Hello and happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm off today, but I'm bringing you my interview with Verizon Business CEO Tammy Irwin, who joined me on my CES panel to discuss how 5G can solve some of the problems exposed by the coronavirus. Here's part one of the full three-part interview. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. The coronavirus changed everything. How did the problems exposed by the pandemic shift the direction of 5G to make it more of a solution to some of today's problems? Yeah, certainly COVID has changed everything for all of us as we think about the impact of 2020 and what we're dealing with as we go into 2021. And what I would tell you, Roger, is if anything, it has accelerated, dramatically accelerated the forward motion of 5G. As you know, two years ago at CES, we announced the eight currencies of 5G UWB. Uh, since that point, we've rapidly gone from PowerPoint to proof of concept to commercial scalability. And I think it's really been driven as people have seen the incredible requirements for uh, work from home, new models for telehealth and education and transportation. Uh, it's really accelerated the potential and the capabilities that people are seeing for the power of 5G UWB. So let's go into telehealth. Because coronavirus made it so folks were reluctant to go into doctor's offices for fear of contracting COVID-19. Uh, so remote medical care, remote medicine has been around for, for years, but it really hasn't taken off in a real way. You know, patients and doctors alike were not super comfortable with it. How does 5G make telemedicine more of a palatable experience for people? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things that have happened. First of all, as we think about where the delay really happened in telemedicine, it was that many of the providers couldn't be paid for services that were administered via telemedicine or via a different kind of methodology versus face-to-face. -face. Uh, the, the entire ecosystem has really embraced telemedicine, telehealth. Uh, for us at Verizon, as we worked very, very quickly uh, as COVID became apparent to us to really care for our employees, we worked with our customers at the same time to say, how can we help redefine new models in a, a COVID environment? And one of those was telehealth. And uh, in our large, big uh, partners that we do business with in terms of the healthcare space, they've gone from 15 remote visits to upwards of 85 to 90% for general visits that they've really now facilitate via telemedicine. One of the really important assets for us in that process has been our acquisition of BlueJeans. Uh, we acquired BlueJeans, a really great video and collaboration platform back in May of 2020. And certainly the timing was perfect, uh, not only for remote workers and the use of video and collaboration tools, but for telehealth, uh, because it gives the patient the ability to work directly with their provider to have that video connection, a video connection that they know is very secure on the BlueJeans platform, something that was really important. And then the broader ecosystem has opened up to say, we'll support the financial uh, capabilities associated with that, which is insurances are paying for those visits. So I think we've really accelerated years, what we thought uh, would take us five, 10, 15 years to really pull that in, reimagine models. One of the things that we're doing now that I think is gonna even fuel it faster is you begin to think about B2B to C, 
and you begin to think about how do you get some of those biometrics that you might not otherwise get in a, in a remote visit. And I think as we begin to build up people's healthcare profiles, as we begin to work with the broader ecosystem to understand who's the customer, is it the patient, is it the provider, is it the administration, uh, where and how do you meet the needs of all of those customers based on defined customer requirements, 5G will play a really critical role because of the power of the capability of 5G. Well, let's get more specific. What are some of the 5G, or what are some of the medical applications or services that will be powered by 5G even as soon as this year? Yeah, one of the ones I think that uh, we're already seeing in play today is the application and the power of mobile edge compute. And I think it's important, Andy, just to step back and uh, just acknowledge that over the last 18 months, Verizon has really led the world to 5G and it's been 5G mobility. 5G fixed wireless, and then 5G mobile edge compute, which has really been our most recent announcement uh, that we announced a year ago now with AWS, our partnership, and then moved that in with the partnership with Azure as well for both public mobile edge compute as well as private mobile edge compute. Both will be important for different ways. In hospitals in particular, you begin to look at private mobile edge compute gives them the capability to be very secure and carve out uh, a unique capability within their hospital for their physicians and for their providers. Uh, we're working today with a company called Avisha out of Boston. Uh, they're one of the first healthcare providers we're working with today. And they're actually using the power of 5G low latency to diagnose um, polyps in a way that they would not otherwise be able to do because that low latency allows them to see polyps as they're doing diagnostic testing that they wouldn't otherwise see if they didn't have that low latency capability. So we're actually seeing it in use and in production today. We think that's very powerful as you begin to see how do you change the outcome for patients because of mobile edge compute. Uh, and so they're one of the first partners we're working with today. Uh, now that we've opened it up for the developer community through public mobile edge compute. We've now deployed private mobile edge compute. I believe we will see developers very, very quickly take the work they do today and accelerate the capability for more diagnostics uh, and more healthcare capability, similar to what we're seeing Avisha do out of Boston. And really quickly, because you use the term mobile edge compute a lot for some of our listeners or watchers who might not understand the term or use it regularly. What What is that? If you can give me a quick elevator pitch of what exactly mobile edge compute is. It's really where compute uh, power meets uh, cloud and connectivity. And it's really an intersection point of all three of those. And so you take the ability to do compute right to the edge in our network. So you have the ability to take the power of all of the UWB currencies and apply those against uh, the problem you're trying to solve for. So you really have cloud compute and connectivity come together to take the power of cloud, take some of the cost out of devices and be able to put that compute power right at the edge where you have full advantage of the 5G UWB capability. Well, the idea here is the processing is done sort of in, in, the, in the data center somewhere else in the server, but because of 5G, you're able to deliver that to, your, to that phone, to that device in real time, right? That's, that's exactly right. And so it puts it right at the edge and that compute is done, not necessarily on the device, but in the cloud compute uh, and in the network. So I want to talk about remote learning. I, I have a four-year-old and I noticed over the last year that he really struggled with remote learning and, and just getting him to stare at an iPad, even an iPad with a teacher talking on a screen was a real struggle. Most of the time he'd just lay on the floor. Um, I know I'm not alone. A lot of parents have this challenge. Uh, how can we take what we learned over this last year and pair it with 5G to make 
remote learning more of a, uh, a useful experience? Yeah, so first of all, I empathize with uh, parents like yourself who've really had to play the role of being an educator as well as being a parent uh, during the pandemic. I happen to have a daughter who is an educator, and she's played the other side of that, which is how do you help educate kids when they're in a remote environment, and how do you do that? There's so many things I think we've learned about what can we do and what must we do differently around education. And maybe we start with education in the kind of elementary stages and then move into advanced learning in the university and then really adult learning because I think so much of how we learn it within uh, the work environment is going to change as well. You know, what we saw uh, with COVID is we had 124,000 schools close and schools really, really scrambled to try to figure out how could you put a teacher uh, remotely in front of a student. Uh, and like your child, uh, a lot of kids did not react and respond well to listening to somebody on a video. Uh, and, you know, those are the lucky kids who actually had video access and devices to be able to access and see their teachers. For so many students, that wasn't the case. Uh, we worked very, very quickly to provide new pricing and new structures for educators to make sure that as many kids as possible could have access to uh, remote learning. What I would tell you is that what we see with the power of 5G is it won't simply be a teacher on a bit on a um, uh, iPad or on a remote screen, but we really see the power of the content changing. And that's where I think you then gain the interest of, of kids like yours to be able to do AR capability. You know, one of the things that we've announced that we're very excited about is our partnership with the uh, Smithsonian. So you think about all of, the, all of the things that kids can see in an augmented reality environment, if you can deliver the Smithsonian where they're part of and surrounded by uh, the content and all the things that they can see at the Smithsonian, how cool is that? Now it's immersive and it's real, and they really are excited about the learning as opposed to watching their teacher in front of a whiteboard. Uh, the other one we've announced is our partnership with the Met. We're calling it the Met Unframed, and it really does allow the Museum of Arts to bring the kinds of content uh, that many kids would otherwise not ever have a chance to see, uh, doing that through augmented reality so you can actually be immersed and be part of what's happening, uh, be it the Smith or be it uh, the Metropolitan. So we think that's just the beginning of how students will learn differently uh, at the universe, or at the uh, kind of K through 12 level. As you start to get into university, we're doing some really interesting work with partners like ASU to understand how can you think very, very differently, again, using augmented reality and uh, AR, VR capability. What 5G enables is to a very, very different kind of experience because of the low latency uh, and all the capability that's enabled via 5G. And then I think even in the corporate learning, you're going to see corporations learn very, very differently, whether it's technicians that are being dispatched out who now have technical video capability to do remote diagnostics and remote repair. So a lot of things are changing in education because of the power of 5G. That's the end of part one of our three-part interview with Tammy Irwin from Verizon. Check back later this week for the rest of the conversation. As always, if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.